NBL, I don't know what to call them, play-in finals, quarter-finals, whatever they were, they were two great games. Uh, joining us now, co-host of Hoopheads here on SENZ and on Sky as well, basketball aficionado, I'm going to call him Casey Frank. Case, oh, big night last night. It was a big night. Uh, the prelim finals is the official title and uh, two really impressive games of basketball for uh, vastly different reasons. I think... Uh, you know, I think the one we're going to get to in a second, there's a lot more to chat about, but the Bulls played a fantastic game overall and really showed some great offense overpowering the Wellington Saints, and they're looking like a real threat uh, against the Tuatar tonight. But uh, the ending of that Hawks-Rams game, I, I think that that's uh, something that's going to be talked about for a while, and it's certainly been all over uh, social media pages for the uh, NBL as well as uh, a lot of fans too. Okay, let's rip into it then. Let's rip into it. Was it goaltending last night? In fact, for the people that didn't watch because they were involved in all the, all the other things that are on offer on our TVs and on our radios, the Rams, when you look at it, 103, Hawks 95, went into extra time, you tend to feel, oh yeah, it was close, and then the Rams walked away in extra time. Can you paint us a Reader's Digest version of what happened at the end of that game? Well, it was a really impressive fourth quarter where the Hawks scored the, seven, the 17 of the first 19 points to work all the way back from, uh, behind on that last play of the game, all tied up. Uh, this ball goes up, and it's in the rim, and unfortunately, uh, Walter Brown from the Rams came up, got a hand in. It's not technically goaltending. I guess the technical term, if, if it was uh, called, would be basket interference. It wasn't called on the court uh, at the time. Uh, none of the officials thought that it was basket interference so the call wasn't made so we went into overtime but on replay it was pretty apparent that that was a, a missed call that at the end of it cost the Hawks from walking away with a victory. So tell us about what the rules and when technology can be used. Um, do the Hawks have a case for being pissed off? Um, were procedures followed by the book? Look, I feel absolutely sick for, for, for the Hawks, you know, to have a, a game go that way and to get punched in the gut like that and try and continue playing. That's very difficult. Uh, I also feel absolutely sick for the officials because uh, it, it was a missed call. It wasn't called on. But in terms of technology, the way the rule book does and on air, we were a, a little bit confused on this because of the, the notes that we had on it didn't specify exactly. But unless goaltending is called on the court, the replay system cannot be used to review goaltending. So meaning, if you think it's goaltending at the end of the game, you can't just say, hey, can you check out that thing that wasn't called? It has to be whistled on the court. When it wasn't whistled on the court, they were unable. So the rules prohibited the officiating crew from going to replay at that point, which is an unfortunate twist in the rules, probably something that we'll be looking at as a a league uh, in the next year to rectify. Sometimes you see these things, rules change. But for the moment, that's what happened. Do the Hawks have a, a case to be upset and pissed off? Absolutely. Uh, do they have a case that could possibly lead to an overturn in the protest? I don't believe so because it's a missed call in the court and that uh, those kinds of judgment calls, to my knowledge, to my understanding of the rules, are not reviewable or protestable. And, of course, the Rams play again on Saturday. What does a get-out-of-jail do for a team? Will they feel lucky? Will they feel deserved? Because they've got a big game coming up in a couple of days. Uh, you, you know, uh, you take a win any way you can get it. <laughs> the Hawks, they'll be thinking about this one for a long time. The Rams, they will not. They were on to the next one, and there is nothing. I get a jail free card is an excellent way to put it. You know, you get a little second life. <laughs> You've got nothing to lose now. We, we basically, we, we stepped on it. We nearly did. 
but the, the basketball gods, they reached in, they gave us an, another opportunity to go out and play. So you can play with a lot of freedom. Uh, you know, you know, it, you never really want to win that way, but you want to win anyway when it comes down to it. So they're going to keep moving on, and I think they'll be. It'll be much easier for them to put behind them uh, and use it maybe as fodder, maybe as a, you know our chance to roll the dice moving forward and trying to move move on towards the finals. Bulls and Saints, uh, Bulls, a hundred and twenty-four. I don't know if that's a season high for them, but geez, I'd imagine it'd go close. Yeah, from from uh, when I was looking at the, through the games of the season earlier, it was uh, the, the season high that I could see. Uh, a fantastic performance for them to come out and really put on uh, an offensive display that we haven't seen. I mean, they just barely cracked 100 a few times. You know, I think 103 was their previous high on the year. So to come out and halfway through that second quarter, it really looked like the Saints were going to sort of run away with the game. They were really putting some pressure on the Bulls offensively. And then just uh, Jared Wilson framed fantastic shooting from deep. Uh, overall, the Bulls were able to hit 15 threes, and the return of Tyrell Harrison was uh, instrumental inside. And his uh, minutes, he was really dominant uh, around the interior using his size and mass. And, uh, Dan Fotu, who I think was pretty unlucky not to make the All-Star 5, had another stellar game. They're just looking like a, an extremely strong team. Beat a Saints team that was playing with a lot of confidence and looked really good coming in. Had about a half of basketball like that, but they just could not stand up to the depth and strength of the overall unit of the Franklin Bulls. So the Bulls, on the back of that 124, they get 24 hours to prep for the top team in the league uh, in the regular season. Anyway, the Tuatara, they got the coach of the year, they got the most improved player of the year, uh, they got Jared Weeks, who made the All-Star 5. They are going to be so, so tough. And do we call this a local derby, Franklin-Auckland? Yeah, you know, the, the north side against the south side. <laughs> Once upon a time, would have been the Battle of the Bridge, but I think uh, the Tuatara claimed a little bit more of the central city themselves. But, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. You know, these teams uh, split during the regular season. Uh, in that first game, the, the Tuatara were up 24 points in that third quarter, and the Bulls stormed from behind to stake that victory. In the second game, Bulls on the as back, second end of a back-to-back, a true back-to-back uh, and they're only big because Harrison wasn't playing. Uh, went out really early in that one. That's Dom Kamapoto with injury, so they had no one to contain Rob Lowe, who just ran rampant with his size and to a, a eventual around a 15-point victory. But both those games, no Tyrell Harrison. So this is going to be essentially the first time this, this team has really met. The Bulls are going to be a little bit fatigued, but the Tuatara, uh, I, I think they're going to be hard-pressed to defeat a team that's well-drilled. And I, I think well-suited to matching up against them in a lot of areas. Just wondering, like you've played basketball for a long time, the effect on the mind and the body to play back-to-back? You know, it it really depends on on a lot of factors. Uh, If you've done the work, it's pretty easy. (laughs) You know, you've got an entire season to get yourself in shape. You understand that at some point you're going to have to do this. When you play those big minutes, you're going to wake up, you're going to be really sore. Uh, you know, you're just going to have to work out that body, get yourself mentally ready to go. I think mentality-wise, it's a little bit easier at this point in the season because, you know, there's, you're right at the end of the tunnel. You can get it. It's not the same as, like, maybe uh, early season one when you're losing. This is for all the marbles. You can certainly get up mentally. Physically, the older you get, always a little bit harder. <laughs> a lot of fresh legs on that Bulls team, and I think they did a good job of rotating guys in and out. So, so I, I think they have a, a good chance of, you know, on the whole not being too affected by it. But, but it, it is a difficult task, as always, to, to back up for 24 hours to get yourself back on that razor's edge, both men- mentally and physically. 
And do you think that's something that the Tuatara might look at, um, play a bit more of a run-and-gun game to try and get them fatigued early and, and then maybe dominate the, uh, the fourth quarter? W- would that be a tactic? Yeah, you know, you always want to test out the legs of the opposition. Uh, it's uh, a thing that sort of will work through 40 minutes because I don't think you're going to come out and you're going to blow the balls off the court. But if you keep up that pace for 40 minutes, over time, you're looking for that strategic advantage. There's a little bit extra in the tank. But there's a flip side to that coin. And that flip side is the Bulls came out and they're battle-tested right now. You know, the, the Tuatara have only played two games in the last few weeks. The Bulls have had a, a lot more activity. They're going to come out. They're going to be sharp. And they're going to be able to just come off. With the second they get let off that chain, they're going to be barking mad. So the, the Tuatara are going to have to find a way to match that without having sort of the, that battle-testedness of, of late. And then uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Nuggets and Rams. I'm guessing the marketeers will be saying Webster versus Webster. Had never played each other till a couple of weeks ago. Now they're going to do it for the second time. And I can tell you, Casey, we've had Ty Webster on the show the last three Tuesdays, and he's promised me, he for, for us and for our listeners, he's going to do braids or cornrows for this game. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, uh, you know, the hair has a lot to do with the game. Uh, look good, feel good, play good. Uh, <laughs> You know, T. Webb, he's, got, he's always out there having a good time, and I am excited to, to see the Webster versus Webster battle. Uh, Corey, Corey Webster was instrumental in the Rams' comeback in that fourth quarter when the offense looked all but lost. He really reached down back deep into the pocket and showed off his ability to score. And, you know, he's just got this is such a such a quick trigger when it matters most, a chance to get that shot off. And it looks like he's recovered from a, an injury he's been playing with this year. And Ty Webster, uh, this team hasn't been the same since they brought him back in, you know, replacing Ja'Cory McLaughlin essentially because he's, uh, I believe, still out with injury and picking up right where that guy picked off would have been in there for the All-Star 5 and Kiwi Guard of the Year had either of those guys played a little bit more time, I think, you know, just the short seasons kept them out of that. But, but uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, those two teams split. They played only a few weeks ago and one week in between the games, back-to-back games. And the, the Rams, they won the game when Troy Baxter Jr. scored 25. They lost the game when he scored five points. But the difference in the two, really for me, was the Nuggets lost the game where they didn't have Ty Webster. They brought him in the next week. I believe it was his first game against the Rams, and they win that one. So uh, that, that may be leaning to where this one goes, but it is going to be a really good matchup between two teams who uh, have depth, have quality of athleticism, and have great scoring ability. Yeah, depth. Like We always talk about starting fives and how they match up, but... Getting to the the pointy end of the season, it, it's your six, seven, eight, nine player. Who's got the advantage? Do you think on the bench? Well, you know, I do like what the the Nuggets have done with the bench this season, developing Matt Bardsley, developing uh, Jack Andrew and Robbie Coleman coming off. That, that's a great job of local development to get those guys up. But when you look at the Rams, I mean, they're bringing Troy Baxter Jr. in off the bench. They're bringing in Galen Smith, uh, two imports, and then Corey Webster, who's the equal of any imports. And to bring in that kind of firepower, you know, four, five, six minutes into the game when the defense might be a little bit fatigued and they're a little bit more uh, apt to giving up some uh, easy looks, <laughs> that, that can be a really dangerous combo. And those guys have come off. Uh, along with Quinn Clinton, who, who's given him valuable minutes and really lifted that squad at times. 6 p.m. Sunday, the grand final. Um, who's in it? Uh, you know, I've been leaning the Otago Nuggets uh, over the Rams in that one. I, I just think uh, 
the way Todd Withers has been playing this year, the way Ty Webster and Michael Harris uh, as a combo, I, I think uh, I'm leading that way. And tonight, man, it, this is a, a tough matchup for me. You know, I, coming in, I probably would have said the Tuatara, but having seen the Bulls play last night, uh, I'm, I'm changing my pick that, that I just wrote uh, like two days ago, and I think the Bulls are going to come away with it. <laughs> Fantastic, Casey. And I know you're entrenched in the basketball, but we're very much celebrating our football ferns. First time they've ever won a game at a FIFA World Cup. Biggest football crowd, either gender, in New Zealand ever. What a great moment for New Zealand sport, eh? A fantastic moment, you know, and uh, it's really about that next generation of football fan and football player who, who got to watch uh, this happen. You know, uh, my, my daughter went to school today talking about it with her friends. I'm sure she's six years old. and It's just great to see them get inspired. But, uh, you know, not just New Zealand, around the world. I had family in the States texting me and saying, hey, we're watching you guys open the World Cup. This is great. And so it's a moment watched by the world. An opener is always a great thing and to get that victory as well. What a moment, and one that the players, the fans, and I, I think all, all fans, not just at the stadium, but all across the country, will never forget. Brilliant. Casey Frank, uh, love your enthusiasm, and I love having you part of the SENZ family, mate. Go well, my man. Enjoy this weekend. Uh, thanks very much. i got to enjoy it. There's a lot of hoops to come.